What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. Burr, 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 burr. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I pause for the air horns. <laughs> it's you, to a point you. now that, like, if you don't do the air horns, I'm gonna be like, "Well, what's what's the problem?" <laughs> like, where's my? Where's I mean, my air I don't horns? know. I don't. They they they'll be there. They're not. They're not going anywhere. Air horns are great. Air horns are are needed to, like I said last week, it sets the tone. Like it sets the tone for a great conversation, and you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what's? Um, oh, but hey, guys, it's Farah. Hey. <laughs> they know who you are. They better know who you are. <laughs> I Farrah, was Farrah's trying to see. I've been trying to see in like the comment, like if I could like see a comment section. Do you have a comment section on here? No, I mean, you can only see it in the reviews. I haven't really been promoting reviews lately. I really need somebody to, to like, take over <laughs> my, my life at this point. Because, like, I'm so far behind with so many different projects. Like, I'm just, I'm doing too many things, honestly. And I just need, I need somebody to intervene and either, I ca- the thing is, is I don't want to drop anything. So I really just need some, like, different people at different points to figure out, like, how I can how they can be helpful. So, but anyway, I'll get into that. But yeah, no, there's no comment. There's just the reviews on like Apple Podcasts or whatever platform that they're using. Okay. Because I was but, like, I wonder what people think, but there's nothing there. So far, people, I've been getting positive feedback. Folks have really enjoyed oh. the podcast. So, and that's, that's just like up. direct DMs and stuff like that. So that's that's what's up. But uh, what's what's going on with you? What's what's been What's been up this last week? Nothing. Homework. Trying to figure out this life of mine. I've decided to write a book, so I'm starting my book writing process. So that's going to be fun for me. Yeah, that's about it. I've been trying to, I've been contemplating whether, well, for one, I have to see if my insurance covers it because I have state insurance. Now, just as a piece of tidbit of information for the conversation, Georgia did not do Medicaid expansion, mm-hmm. but because I have a child under the age of 18 and I do get SNAP benefits, I'm able to get um, health insurance because I'm a caretaker of a child under 18. And I actually had it prior. And I think we should probably, we, this should probably be a podcast topic, but I had a miscarriage last year. And so mm-hmm. my insurance kind of carried over from that. They just switched me from what they consider women's health Medicaid to caretakers Medicaid. So deciding, trying to figure out one, if my health care covers therapy and then two, researching to see if I can find a therapist out here to just help me with life (laughs) that's that's definitely a topic i think we should we should you know have on a podcast it's funny i actually have a list i created a list of different episode topics that i've wanted to do two years ago when i first started doing this podcast and like i've just been waiting for the right opportunities to have them and so far i've been getting through a few of them here and there but i think i should revisit that we should share that and, and bring you know come up with some different topics we can have especially on. since this month is pregnancy and infant loss awareness month now we got to do it so so yeah that kind of especially finding that out really made me think of what what the what that experience the toll that that experience t- 
took on my mental health mm. and things like that. So that's really all I've been up to this week. Procrastinating on homework as usual. We all know this though. <laughs> we should, I should put something in my stories or, you know, folks should email me at what, what kind of topics do you want to see me cover on a podcast? I might post something like that on, on my, on the social media and on the website and stuff. Um, for mm, folks yeah, to be able I'll to do that too. Drop some stuff. What about you? What you been up to lately? Uh, where do I begin? I saw you out there, you know, passing out them. Well, I the didn't mask. see you out there, obviously, because I'm in Georgia, but I saw you with them boxes. Yeah, on social yeah. media, <laughs> I was uh, I was able to get rid of I got rid of a lot of boxes of masks this week, so it's it's the way I, I I ran into, you know, someone who used to be president of the home Philadelphia Home and School Council, and mm-hmm. she was actually she ran into her daughter who was out there helping get folks registered to ver- vote and passing out free T shirts and hoodies, and I was like, wait, that looks like that's like right around the corner from me. I was like, I shot in there, then DM. I was like, yo, I'll be there to hand out some masks. Y'all want some? And they were like, yeah. So I pulled up and just, you know, spent out like another hour out there giving out masks. I came back the next day and we gave out even more masks for a few hours because they ran out of shirts. So it was like, Mm. this is perfect. We gave out masks, hand sanitizer and gloves. And then, yeah, and it's all just, you know, it's just free stuff just to pass awareness on getting folks registered to vote, make sure people have some information on where they can pull up for Dropbox locations for the mail-in ballots, getting the mail-in ballot application done, all of that kind of stuff. Did you see the, I'm sorry, but this was really funny when I saw it. Did you see the thing where someone put like a poster for like the the ballot Dropbox on a trash can, but they were, it was pointing to where the Dropbox was, but they put the poster on the trash can? I did not see that, no. Yeah, they what were talking about it last night. I was I was watching I was watching Ari Ari Melber last night, the beat, and that was one of the things for that was one of the things that they bought up with. It was a comedian that was there, and they were talking about it mm-hmm. about how poor a poor how much of a poor choice it was to put that there because people don't pay attention. They're yeah, just they gonna be like, oh, a Dropbox, and throw it in right. the trash. Like what? Why would you? That just made uh, me think of that. I'm sorry. I, I just had to. No, that's, but that, and that was one of the reasons why I was out there. Cause like I was talking to people and they had all kinds of theories and things that they thought that they were going to be doing to, for their ballot and stuff. I was like, man, y'all so off and out in left field with some of y'all stuff. So it was good to just be out there to, to get and talk to folks and get them some right information. Yeah. Listen, people think it's only white folks that be on that conspiracy theory shit. And black folks be heavy in them conspiracy theories, okay? Like it's on it's on the right and the left. It's in white, white, white communities and black communities. Mm-hmm. Conspiracy theories reign supreme in this country. I think it's social media and the news, and especially the political climate that we're in now, has shown how heavily. Our our society is embroiled in conspiracy theories. It's you know, amazing. it's funny. That's it's that's that's actually one of my my topics of a podcast episode on on conspiracies. Listen, which I also wrote a blog. Wise post about. minds think alike. 
yes indeed i i wrote a a blog post about this like also like two maybe probably three years ago at this point but we'll we'll have to make that a topic as well because i think that is a anyway i'm not even gonna get into that because i'm gonna say some of that <laughs> that's good a stuff whole nother conversation a podcast episode. <laughs> um, but you know that's yeah that's one of the things that i was doing this week right now i'm in the planning stages of doing a pop-up event in west philly to okay. also give out some masks, get folks registered for their mail-on ballot, get folks signed up to be poll workers because they are still looking for that, especially last minute. And so yeah, I'm, I need I'm, to do I'm, that. I need to do that for here because the lines down here have been wild. And I put in my application, but I didn't fill out one portion of it. So they're like, oh, please fill this out and resubmit. And I just never got around to it. But I'll probably and I'll do that after I'll do that after we get off because the polls down here are crazy yeah and it's and it's it's very confusing for a lot of folks too like i talked to people yesterday and they weren't sure like they were like well if i fill out a mail-on ballot if i don't get it in time do i like what do i do so like there's a lot of air that needs to be cleaned up and mm-hmm. so you know hopefully this event that i'm able to do in west philly will go off without a hitch we're working we're looking to partner with a couple of different orgs to make this event happen so more and more to come on that. It'll probably be really, really quick. So folks, but definitely pay attention to my social media or email me if you want to partner for this event. It's the, I'm going to do this really. It's probably going to be within the next week or two that this happens okay. really, really fast. So. Yeah, I mean, because November 3rd is right around the corner. So, yep. Yeah, almost two weeks, a little over two weeks until Election Day. Right. Two weeks, two or three weeks. Where are we at? Something like that. Hold on. Let's let me pull on my calendar. So what's today? The seventeenth. Yeah, about yeah. three weeks. Yeah. So two and a yeah. half. Two and a half. There's not a lot of time. Not a lot of time. So folks definitely need to get all of the information that they can. Get all of the the registrations done. The deadline for voter registration or it's for the the deadline for voter registration has passed in in Philadelphia. And so yeah, it's right passed now here it's just too. Uh, now it's just uh, getting registered for your mail and ballot at this point. So folks need to to get out there. Hopefully this event will happen. I don't I think it's already too late for Georgia for you to request the because you have to get the ballot application fill that out and then you get the ballot and it's too late for that already so if you don't already have a mail-in ballot here Georgia has early voting Um, early voting for us started on Monday so that's kind of the remedy for that is the early voting but so many people have been there for early voting is why we have four or five hour lines so so yeah that's that's basically i guess that's everything that i've been up to yeah still working still doing this still trying to write but that hasn't been going well so i'm not even gonna talk about that right now i mean it's surprised that i took on wanting to start writing a book now but it's kind of just been something that since i went through my experience last year And just writing for school kind of became something that I enjoyed doing. And I kind of had a few different things that I was trying to do. I was trying to do a blog. I didn't know if I wanted to do that. I'm not extremely interested in journalistic writing entirely as of yet. I think it may be an interest at some point. But I've been dabbling in a few things. But then I just had an idea and it hit me like I had like a visceral reaction to it. So I was like, let me start writing. So I got me a mentor that that I'm going to be working with. And so... I started writing. I have a few pages so far, so I'm pretty excited. So hopefully nice. by next year we'll be doing, we can do like an interview of me for like my book and we can discuss the book and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean that's definitely something. I was really joking, but do. yeah, sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> I so my I do I I'd like to dive really deep into interviews. So yeah, that like trust me, I can make any any interview, you know, something worth listening to for sure. <laughs> so I promise you, it'll be it will be a good interview. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you hit this one because this was your this was your topic this week, which I I'm all down yes. for. So politics meets pop culture. <sighs> okay, so I had to take a breath because and just take a moment to compose myself because this enraged me so much. The Trump campaign apparently worked with Ice Cube on his, what is his called? The uh, Contract with Black America for their uh, platinum plan for that's supposed to be geared towards the black community. Why Now, why is the platinum plan? Is very, that's very, for one, that's very, what's the word that I want to use? Pandering. It's a microaggression. Yeah. It's an extreme microaggression. I don't even know if you can call them microaggressions anymore with this man. Like everything he does, it's just, it's extremely blatant. So they have their platinum plan supposed to be the black agenda. Now, I have not read either one of these agendas because, number one, Donald Trump is trash. He's a racist. And so I don't need to read any agenda that he has for black people because I know what his agenda is for black people. But apparently it's only one page, which makes it even richer. But so the campaign put out there that they were working with Ice Cube on this agenda. And now Ice Cube is on this like redemption tour trying to redeem himself on media and i'm just not here for it i just okay so i'm just not let's let's dive into this a little bit because i i before i before i begin i'll say i definitely normally we both come with a topic for this segment but i felt as though this was one that was worth the time you know dedicated to this one specific topic the one thing that I highly, highly recommend for people to watch the Ice Cube interview with Chris Cuomo on CNN. It's a I watched really, part. Really I saw a part interview. of it. I actually just saw a part of it on social media when I was yeah. scrolling through social media. But I watched his interview with Roland Martin, and he had the one of the founders of Black Lives Matter on his show with him. And that interaction was amazing. I, I gotta, I gotta see that one because I haven't, I haven't seen that one. So I'll, I'm gonna have to pull that one up after, after this episode. But so here, here's my take on all of this. Right? You got uh, Ice Cube came up with the what was it called? What's the name of his plan called? The contract um, with Black America. Contract with Black America, the CWB, CWBA, CWBA, right? So Ice Cube came out with this and from, you know, talking to Ice Cube or or listening to Ice Cube tell a story, he came up with this plan. He presented it to the Joe Biden's camp and then he presented and then Donald. No, I, I take that back. Actually, hearing from Ice Cube. Joe Biden can't came to him and wanted to hear about it and say, let's talk about this after the election. And then Donald Trump came to him and said, let's talk about this now. And so 
he basically said, you know, like the plan is what it is. Like there ain't really nothing to talk about. You can read the plan for what it is. And then Trump put, took pieces of, you know, the plan that Ice Cube put together and came out with the platinum plan. And so Ice Cube came out and was like, the platinum plan is not my plan. Like that's, I didn't help him throw that together. I didn't help him do anything. I told, he, he read my, my contract and took what he wanted from it and went from there. And so what we saw, but what we initially saw was, is that Trump came out and just said, oh, well, Trump and Ice Cube are working together for, for black Americans. And then we saw people on social media light up like wildfire saying like, why would you work with him? Yada, 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 all of this stuff, right? Because he's racist. He's this, he's that. Listening to the interview that he did with Chris Cuomo, he's like, look, I'm not working with Trump on anything. I'm talking to him because he's in power. And this is about putting black people in a better position in America. But when it comes to actually like working on him with him on something, he's like, absolutely not. Like I didn't work with him on the platinum plan. I don't work for him or anything like that. I'm talking to him because this is about improving lives for black Americans. And I think this is where we get into, I think, like why I wanted to dive onto this topic a little bit more and some touchy, touchy conversation about like, well, yeah, he still is the president. Right. And so if you are, especially once you get into the policy aspect of things, right. And you have somebody that's in a position of power that can actually sway some things, whether they are real or not fake or not hate you or not racist or not. Like, are you, are you, in a position where you say, I'm not going to be even willing to talk to you because of, you know, whatever, even though, you know, Donald Trump is using this as an opportunity to basically spend this for support for black people. Your thoughts. I understand where you are coming from. However, the problem for one, Ice Cube has no standing. I'm sorry. Ice Cube has no standing to be able to talk about, to be able to supposedly create this black agenda, this political black agenda, because what, regardless of how you shake it, everything in our livelihood in this country is pol- is political. Everything, our existence is political. So anything that is having to doing with pulling black people forward politically. And entering into political arena, he has no standing because he's not really doing the work. My problem is he isn't really out here doing the work. Like he admitted that he 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 created this plan a few months ago. He started working on this plan a few months ago, and so now you just think that because you started working on this for you've been working on this for a few months, you have the you have what it takes to go to the two major political parties and the two major the party candidates for a change in black America is astounding to me when you've when you haven't even gone to the pol- the the political heads in the black community like he didn't go to the CBC with this at all he didn't go to other organizations and discuss what they had at all he just was like oh i'm going to create some shit 
and this is the contract with black America. And if they don't meet it, then we don't give them our votes. And then that's just it. Like there's no tact with it. It's very dismissive of the people who have actually been out there doing the work of moving black people forward in the country. And the way he's, the way he speaks about it. And it's just, it's, it's extremely dismissive and it's very offensive. Like there have been people out here doing the work. <laughs> like it's wild. It's just, it's, it's, it's just extremely harmful. And this is part of the problem. I, I, I cannot think of the woman's name and I follow her on Instagram. The one, um, Black Futures Lab. She's one of the founders of BLM. She's the principal Alicia of Black Garza. Futures Lab. Yes, Alicia Garza. Thank you. I could not. I could. I was kept thinking of her Instagram name, and I'm like, that's not her name. What is it? Alicia Garza was with was on the the show with Roland Martin, and she was you know trying to talk to him about it, and he was just so dismissive, like as if the work that he's doing is above everything else. And he didn't need to listen. And this goes into the conversation that we were having last week about how black men want to supplant a black woman, black women's ideas and just run with what they had. Like if he would have been doing the work and paying attention, he would have known that the BLM platform on top of the, the work that BLM has been doing and then would have been able to find that Alicia Gar Alicia Garza is uh, the principal of the Black Futures Lab, and who would have been able to find the Black agenda there. If he was plugged in and really wanting to do political movement, he would have gone to the CBC to discuss what they were doing. Because um, on the show, Roland Martin talks about how you know the, that the things that he has in his contract with Black America. The CBC has been attempting to do that work and push that forward and has legislation on the floor and we're waiting for it that has been passed and we're waiting for um, the Senate to take it up now. So if he was really wanting to push Black America forward, he would go to Black America first and in in, in the people that are in our political arenas first to round this out and see where... Because things are always going to overlap. Of course, they people, we are not a monolith and we don't all want the exact same thing. But you would at least start with us as opposed to thinking that you have what it takes to change a, a political platform. On top of the fact that I mean, he says he talks so much trash about the Trump administration, but now it's like, oh, well, they're the ones in power. And so this is their platform, bro. They've been in power for four years. One, where were you? And then two, if they were going to do any of that, they would have already done it. And they're in power now. Like if they want to do any of these things, they can do it. They don't. They, they don't want to do it. Their mission is to is to siphon whatever black male votes that they can get. Not that black women don't vote for them. There are those unicorns out there. But their mission is to pull whatever black men that they can get into their agenda 
because and, and tell them that we're fighting for you. You know, the, 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 those Democrats aren't listening to you. And they and they have their their, their male grievance campaign that they want to push forward of machismo and, and and what it is to be a man and macho-ness. And they want to use that against black men to to siphon them away from the work that black women are doing. And it's it's abysmal to think that a black man will, another black man will fall for this shit. Like these niggas been falling for this shit. Like it was Steve Harvey, the, the, the when the administration first went down, well, the meetings at, at Trump Tower. You got Kanye talking about how Trump is a father figure and shit. And the Trump campaign is basically fueling his campaign in the, in, in the, the, the states that he's actually on the ballot. And now we got this guy. And even in I, what I heard from what I heard from the interview, it felt very I'm voting for Trumpish to me. The the way he was talking in it sounded very much like he is going to vote for Donald Trump. And it astounds me, especially considering how beloved he is in the community. And I don't know what work he has or hasn't done in his decades as a millionaire, but you could have been doing a lot more yourself for the bad community outside of taking it into a political arena. Like he could have been doing a lot. Like I said, I don't know what he has or has not done, but I ain't seen shit from Ice Cube about building up the black community other than being a face in Hollywood, which is important to tell our stories, but I just think it's extremely dismissive, and I'm not here for it. Motorcycles going by. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think those I think those are two different arguments, though, right? So when we talk about like how black men get into this work, they look to only specifically get into it through a leadership perspective and not supporting roles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what we talked about on last week's episode. And so I haven't seen that role in Martin the interview with Alicia Garza but like I I can believe it because it's exactly what I was saying last week it's exactly what I was saying yeah and so I'm definitely gonna have to check that out and, and see what it's hitting for but I think that is very separate from you know wanting to find ways to push policy forward and so like we can critique I think we can critique people who get into the work and don't know the importance of coalition building because they haven't been doing the work, right? And they haven't been working with these organizations and on the ground and things like that, right? Like, I think we can absolutely and should critique that so that they can understand the importance of not just coming in and being the front face for it, but coming in and supporting the work that's already been done so you can get movement on agendas that's already been presented. I think that's incredibly important. But I think when it comes to... Like, I think one one of the things that came out of this was that, like, he was and I haven't seen the interview, so I can't say exactly if it if it sounds like he was like in a movement of like voting for Trump. But like I'm talking about the Cuomo interview. That's oh, what the Cuomo I, interview. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. Oh, not at all. And in fact, and I'm glad you said that, actually, because in fact, 
you know, back when, you know, when Donald Trump first got into office, you know, Ice Cube was one of the first people to actually make a song about him. Um, I know. Um, and so, like, you know, in the interview, he says explicitly, look, I don't trust I don't trust Trump or Biden. He was like, I don't trust neither one of them. I don't trust the Democratic Party. I don't trust the Republican Party. I think that when we talk about, like, how do we present policy and move it forward? Are we because the party that is in power, regardless of the fact that, you know, for me, for example, I know I'm never voting for Donald Trump. Right. But I know if my line of work pushes me to have to interact with him so I can get policy pushed forward, that's what I have to do. Right. And so there's that difference in nuance that I think a lot of people intertwined with each other with like, oh, because he's trying to get policy pushed forward and he's not an elected official, that means he wants he's supporting Donald Trump. It's like, well, no, no that's I, not necessarily I understand, the same thing. I understand that. But the problem with that is. We we already know what Donald Trump's black policies are. If you want policy move forward, we all know you don't go to Donald Trump to get black policies pushed forward. But you, you still go, have to. You have, you have to. No, still. I. But you you have to once the policy is solidified, and then you have to negotiate with the opposite party. That's where the problem comes in. We know Donald Trump is a piece of shit. He don't fuck with black people, and going to him about talking about anything about black people is a non sequitur because it's, it's not going to happen. If they wanted to do something for black people, they would have done it already. He is still in power. If he wants to put for, push forward a black agenda policy, he can do it. He does not want to do it. That's where the problem lies. If, if, if Ice Cube wanted these policies to move forward, he would follow the, the proper ways in which it happens. Going to Donald Trump isn't going to have shit get done. Period. He has, he has a, a track record of not doing shit. He just signs shit when it gets in front of him, whether it's a blank paper or not, for a photo op. Anything with Donald Trump and black men is a photo op. Ice Cube should know this by now. But that's the thing. And that's the point that I'm that I think people are missing. He doesn't know that. And I think and it's I, I, it, I and agree that with makes you. that I, makes I, what I he does is doing more egregious. Hear me out. Hear me out. I 100 percent agree with you on the fact that he should know it. And that, as we stated last week, when you get into this work, that you shouldn't, especially for the first time, you should not be in a, in a position where you're forward facing and front racing, whereas though you should be more in a position to figure out how you can learn, support other, other people and organizations that are kind of doing this work. I 100% agree with you. But the fact that he doesn't know that, which is why the mistakes that he made with all of this and why he's still not being able to see the mistakes that he has made through all of this. And that's and I think the other that's a, part. But that's a different, I think that's a different type of critique versus he is supporting Donald Trump. Right. And so I think like, and, and, and I, I say that because like for black people, I think it's incredibly important that we don't, you know, we don't alienate the people who, legitimately want to help but are going about it the wrong way versus like Kanye West and Ice Cube are in completely different stratospheres right completely different 
stratospheres. To right? a certain extent. Uh, no, absolutely not. They are in completely different stratospheres. While there may be some type of ego in, involved in both sides of this, right? It is very clear from Kanye West. Like, Kanye West is willing to go to... to uh, Kanye West is literally praising Donald Trump. Yeah. Whereas Ice Cube is literally saying, fuck Donald Trump. I am only talking to him because he's in power. And that is a very, very substantial difference when we talk about things. Now, you can okay. critique him for not understanding how the political game works. And he has been taken through the ringer for it. And rightfully so. As he should and, have been. And not, but and not, and not, he's taken, okay, I will, I will cede that to you. I'm doing, I am working on myself and not giving things, not giving some things, you know, blanket thought processes like a, a or b black or white i know there is nuance in the world and i am working on myself with that however you're about to take all of that away now no <laughs> i am i'm if there's a semicolon on there to even go as far to say fuck donald trump and make a song about it you should know that he uses people as photo ops especially when it comes to the black community he uses black people as photo opportunities black men in particular because he knows like i said you have those unicorns out there that 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 fuck with him but he knows black women don't fuck with him so he knows he can't infiltrate the black community through black women but he got he diamond knows, and silk if y'all could see my face right now like and, and from what I'm told, from what I'm not, from what I'm told, but from what I hear, like, they not even really with them no more. Like, didn't something happen to where, like, they don't fuck with them no more? Like, not the, that the, I recall. Not, they were at a rally a few weeks ago. Okay. I wasn't saying, like, Diamond and Silk don't fuck with them no more, but, like, the campaign wasn't fucking with them no more for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I felt like I heard something, but I, who gives a shit? But if you don't know, especially as a black person... If you don't know the way Donald Trump uses black people after these last four years, then you're a fucking idiot. That's a fair statement. There's no way, there is absolutely no way in the world that he does not know that Donald Trump will use black men as an end to the black community and don't give a shit about you. There's no way that he can't know that. I, I got to jump in because that's explicitly what's happening in this conversation, right? With this whole argument with Ice Cube, right? And so I, I agree. It's a huge critique. Ice Cube is an idiot for not understanding this dynamic to begin with, right? He did either did, had people in his camp that didn't under that didn't do enough research and educating on the political nonsense that he was wading into by not partnering with other organizations, by not partnering with the CBC, right? Like by not like reaching out to prominent black leaders. Like he's an idiot for not doing that. However, all of this bickering over the the what Ice Cube is doing and not doing is specifically what Donald Trump is looking for, right? And so, you know, 
you we we I when I when I talk about how like there's nuance in these conversations and stuff like that, you know, it's important to highlight that and it's important for black people to understand that because like if this was about, you know, Ice Cube support for Donald Trump, like that you that that would be there. You would you would be hearing that. But that's not necessarily the case. It's this whole argument over how how his tactics of doing this has been completely flawed, uh, flawed and centered him and his plan in the center of all of this. And Donald Trump is using that as a as a wedge issue to kind of fracture what's happening amongst black people. And I, and I don't I don't disagree with you, but I think also part the problem, too, is that Ice Cube is boxing himself off from criticism as well like he's not even allowing people to tell him where he was wrong why he was wrong and how to fix that wrong he's just flat out telling people no i did it and this is what the fuck it is and fuck you if you don't like it that's basically what he's saying to people that's that and it's like i'm still it's like bro and, and it's not even it ain't even that it's that it's that it's the patriarchy it's the yeah. thought process of I know what the fuck I'm doing. Everybody needs to go sit the fuck down and, and let let me handle this shit. Like, who the fuck are you? That's this is where the problem is. And I think I think that's where the problem is more than just what he did in talking to talking to the campaign. Like for that is more of that I think for most people than anything else. I I I say, you know, definitely go back to that conversation we had last week, right? Like if you're gonna get into this work, especially if you are inexperienced, especially on the policy side of things, like understand the players that's involved, understand the political game and the gamesmanship that's being played against you because you'll ultimately end up being used as a tool because that's what's happening with Ice Cube. Right. And then the you'll be audacity. put into a you'll be put into a position where, you know, when folks actually try to, to, to show you the right way of doing things, you're kinda of backed into this corner. So find find, you know, the players that's in that field, even on a smaller scale, right? When we talk about like what folks are doing in cities. Find the players that's that's influential. Find ways that you can uplift what they're doing, get involved with what they're doing before you just you know, say you can go out there and, and by fiat, you're making new agendas for everybody to follow. We're going to wrap this up. I think, you know, let us know. Let me know on, on Instagram if you if you want us to dedicate a full episode to 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 this Ice Cube plan and kind of break yeah, it down, even would, if it makes sense. Yeah, I would I would love to know other people's thoughts on this. Like, like I said, I've been getting more into Twitter and like falling, you know, falling down that rabbit hole and from what I'm seeing, people are feeling the same way that I am and just like the audacity of yeah. this man. And it's like, yeah. I agree. I would I like to know other people's opinion. I, it's, yeah. I agree. All right, let's go ahead and move on. What's happening? Everything is local. What's happening in Philly? So the Trump campaign has been trying to get poll workers, uh, I'm sorry, poll watchers, you know, he's been trying to get poll watchers into these satellite locations so that they can watch people going through their their balloting process. And then a judge has ruled that that is illegal and they are not allowed uh, here in Philly. And so that's huge because Good. while poll watchers are allowed at polling locations, it is a very different story when you're talking about helping people 
you know, at these satellite locations, a lot of them are just Dropbox locations. A lot of them are just helping people fill out the application process. Right. And mm-hmm. so like there's, you know, that's not a part of poll watching. And so, you know, it is illegal for you to just, you know, have people stationed there and kind of, you know, forcing their way in and, and trying to dictate the process all, all of the means of like intimidation, you yeah. know? And so that's a big, big win. For, for Philadelphia. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Because, so that, you know, like, bad folks, things happen in Philly. Can I tell you, I'm so fucking sick of that. I'm so, like, these fucking white people then came up with t-shirts and mugs and websites and all. Come on, man. Like, we got we got more important things to to rally around. That's like, you know, we don't want the, the bad things happen in Philly, Moniker. Like, why y'all, why y'all uplift? I don't know. Anyway, I'm sick of that shit. But that's what's happening in Philly. You ain't got me in my feelings about that. <laughs> what's what's, what's so happening, what's in, happening Georgia? in Georgia? So, like I said, like I've been trying to find like the good things that have been going on. You know, I've been trying to you know keep at least attempt to keep this part of the conversation light because, despite all of the chaos that is going on around us, there are a lot of good things going on. So just recently, Atlanta, Atlanta, the Atlanta City Council approved the Renters' Choice Bill, which allows renters to pay uh, their security deposits and in installments. So that just happened in Atlanta. I'm trying to remember how much it passed by. I can't remember how much it passed by. But yeah, they're allowing it passed the city council. So we know that's a, it's a whole process. It only applies if your deposit is 60% more of one month's rent. It only applies to landlords with 10 or more units. So there's a lot more work to be done in that arena, but that gives, that allows a lot of space because it's definitely in the Atlanta, Atlanta, Metro Atlanta area. There are a lot of apartment complexes, like they're everywhere. So this will help people a lot out. It will help help people out a lot. And um, also part of the ordinance would give people the option to buy security deposit insurance, which will cost between 8 to $10 a month. So I thought that was really cool. That's what's up. Yeah, that is definitely. Uh, oh, actually, cool I just saw it passed unanimously. I wanted to try and find it. It passed unanimously. So that's shout out to Atlanta City Council for getting that done for the city of Atlanta. Now we just need to expand that everywhere. Yeah, that might be, uh, that definitely should be something take place here in Philly for sure. Damn, that's what's up. Good news. I, t- you know, I took a page from your book um, and dropped some good news in there on mine. Yeah, too. I noticed that. Yeah, that's the, I mean, because we need that. We need the, the good things that are going to be happening, that are happening around us because we're surrounded by so much chaos and nonsense and hatred that we need to uplift the, the good things. And just to wrap that part up, the Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, is actually set to sign that into law within the next few weeks. So that's going to be a thing for Philly. I don't know when it's going to be actually implemented because we know that's the thing too. <laughs> it, they sign these things, but then it takes 10 years for them to be implemented. But it, it's a start. So good things. Shout good out, things shout out to the, Atlanta. Yeah. Shout out ATL. Shout out uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. She's been. Burr, 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 She's been holding it down in Atlanta. For, she got for her faults. She got her faults. As every you know, politician does. As every politician does. 
there are certain, definitely things that Keisha can work on. That that the the APD, but ain't it anybody's PD that is uh really out here with the fuckery. But you know, this was definitely a good thing. All right, we are going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with our main topic. Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. Email me at realtalk@salahscorner.com, and we can get your story featured on our next episode. All right, welcome back. We are here with our main topic. Farah, I'm going to let you introduce this one because this was yours. Okay. Why should the courts matter to Black America is something that I've been wanting to discuss on the podcast i think that especially with the majority of black americans um switching over to the democratic party in the last 50 or 60 years the democratic party in general doesn't focus on the courts the way that the republican party did and so this is why we have such a conservative judiciary in this country and why i think and i I think i just think it's important that black people be focused in on ju- on the judici- ju- the judiciary because as we all know black people st- statistically are forced into the judicial system at far greater rates than our white counterparts and so we need to be aware of what's going on and who's being put into these places and how they're being put into these places and and their policies, because regardless of what people think, judges do have policies. They're not impartial. They have their own politics. Yes, they do have to administer the law and decide whether it's constitutional or not, but they do so through a partisan lens. Let's just, let's let's call it for what it is. So we need to be aware of who we're putting into the system and why they want to be in the positions that they want to be in. And this really triggered me with the nomination of Amy Co- Amy Coney Barrett, Amy Coney Barrett, excuse me, I always get her name messed up. Amy Coney Barrett and her nomination into the Supreme Court. Amy Coney Barrett is a staunch anti-abortionist. She's an uh, anti-abortion advocate. She's more conservative than than the judge that she clerked, clerked for, who is Antonin Scalia, who died, what year was that? 2015? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2015, because they and blocked his seat, stole it from Merrick Garland, the, the Senate did. And so I just think it's important that we, we as, especially black people, we have to pay attention to who goes into the courts because oftentimes it's the judiciary and it's very specifically uh, SCOTUS, which is the Supreme Court of the United States. It's them who decides whether we have our rights. Yeah. Outside of the, the legislature, like especially with Republicans, how when they can't govern, they just go to the courts. And so we just we just have to pay attention to stuff like that and we need to be more aware about the courts and who's going into the courts and and why we why we need to just know who they are and their agendas it's you know 
I, I, I think this is an incredibly important topic, and I think it can be broken down even further, right? So, like, directly how you're, you know, impacted on your everyday life, right? And so, early on in this podcast, um, I interviewed Jennifer Schultz. She, she was a lawyer at the time. She was fighting for civil Gideon. And so, for those who don't know, definitely go back and listen to that episode because I think it was incredibly powerful. But civil Gideon basically means, right, so when you're arrested, when you face criminal charges, you have the right to an attorney, right, to, to help fight you, your case, right? A public defender usually or, you know, that if you can't pay for one, the courts will provide one for you, right? However, in civil cases, you don't have that situation. And so she was a large proponent of getting, you know, protections in place for folks who were being sued in civil cases. And a lot of that stemmed around folks that were being evicted mm-hmm. right and so if you don't have a lawyer when you're you know being evicted you know you're you're much more likely to lose your eviction case when you go to court than whether you if you do have a lawyer you know so we we got into this incredible topic about you know the importance of, of representation and legal representation and things like that like i said she was a lawyer at the time i say it was because she is now a judge on a court of common pleas in pennsylvania that's right she was here on the podcast and so i think that's incredibly important right it's figures like that that we and in and, and why it's important is because we elect them right like right we elected her that person who was a huge proponent of making sure that people had protections in place and and representation when they were going to court facing eviction now she's a judge on the supreme court right i mean on on the court of common pleas in pennsylvania right and so when we see these judges go through these different pipelines many times it started with us electing them into the the judge Uh, ship that they had uh, whatever you know when they started their career and so like that is so incredibly important when understanding how directly judges specifically impact our daily lives right everybody Mm -hmm. got upset back in I don't remember what year it was but whenever Meek Mill case happened and you know that whole thing right everybody was upset over the judge and the way she handled that case well we elect those judges, right? Mm-hmm. We have a say so in, you know, who those judges are, you know, and so like we we even on a on a smaller scale, not, you know, not something as large as the Supreme Court of the United States, judges play such a critical role in our everyday life, you know, and it all starts with us voting them onto the bench in different positions mm-hmm. and them being constantly promoted into f- further and higher positions right until they get to the federal level and really start impacting our lives on a statewide and countrywide basis and the, the thing the thing with amy coney barrett is that she never she never tried a case she never even heard a case until she got to the seventh circuit in dc when she was nominated three years ago so what in the world makes her qualified to serve on the supreme court Ruth yeah. Bader Ginsburg was a civil rights attorney before she became a, a judge and was a judge for years before she sat on the Supreme Court. So the, the, the and this is why the Senate matters because the Senate 
are the people that vote her in. And so we have an incompetent Senate that's not doing anything but pushing judges through about to vote in a, a judge who has no experience in litigation. Actually, just like the Attorney General of Kentucky. He has never tried a case, but he's qualified to be the Attorney General. And she has extensive writings on how she on what she thinks of certain rights that we have and it's 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 just it just boggles the mind the the senate and it, it's it's just so egregious Mitch McConnell purposely held up judicial seats from Barack Obama so that he could vote in over 150 judges, uh, put in 150 judges in lifetime appointments to the courts. 150 judges, more than that, that he stole from Barack Obama. Yep. This is why voting matters, because these judges then dictate what the law of the land is. And why this country has such egregious has just just such an egregious track on, on 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 what they do to black people, people of color, generally speaking, and poor people. If you yeah. want to pull it back even further, so it's it's just so important that we're tuned into what is going on. Like, yes, it gets tiring. Like everyone has COVID fatigue right now. Political fatigue is a thing, but we can't drop the ball and allow things to pass us by just because we're tired it's okay to pull back a little bit and take a break but we have to stay plugged in because these things affect our lives and we may not we may not feel it immediately all of the time but then that only means that our children are going to feel the egregiousness of these decisions by these judges our grandchildren our great-grandchildren are going to be the ones to they have to pay the price for these judges being in the places that they are and we just have to be more proactive and be tuned into what's going on around us because it's extremely selfish to think in the oh what's happening for me now thought process and not think of what's happening to other people that is wrong whether it affects me or not and what's going to happen to the future that's going to be wrong, whether it affects me or not right at this moment. So there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot at stake when it comes to like who's on judges. Right. And so on the local level, you know, we talked about it, right. You know, those course, those, those judges that are, you know, while we're not voting on judges that's here in criminal cases, a lot of them get their start on the civil side, right? Or the court mm -hmm. of common pleas and things like that. And those are cases or courts that are voted on by the people. And so we see directly how it's all, all, almost automatically impacting daily black life, right? On a federal level, you know, when you see those judges getting lifetime appointments and they're, they're deciding on cases like, you know, in Philadelphia, for example, or in Pennsylvania, can you have poll uh, watchers at satellite polling locations that's going to right. intimidate you, right? That's a direct 
a line of fire for black communities because we know that they are specifically going into those communities that are black so they they can intimidate them right so that's just another way of or marriage equality or equal pay or it's a collective bargaining with with unions like these are things that affect people's everyday life and before they get to the federal, like you said, they have to go through their processes through the state. And so for something to even have to go to the federal level shows you that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. I did a, I did a, I did a report on Map v. Ohio about um, illegal search and seizure. Mm-hmm. It started in Ohio, you know, before it, and it had to be pushed to the Supreme Court because they kept getting denials and just the simple thing of the police not being able to enter your home illegally and for that to be upheld locally. And I have to continue to fight and appeal to the Supreme court for the simple right of not having the police force their way into my home. Like, yeah, I mean, and that, that's a good point, right? So, like, all of these laws that we, you know, and protections that we want in place, they don't, you know, I don't just go to the Supreme Court and fight it at the Supreme Court. Like, there's a right. long list of different courts that I have to go through before I even, before the Supreme Court even looks at my case. And even then, they still may not decide to hear it. And so, like, these lower courts and they're, and they're, are way they're, more crucial. They're, they're even hearing less cases now than they did in the past. Right. Right. Usually like a handful every cycle. And so, and you know, it's something that, this is something that I learned, you know, so even when you do get these judges or these cases that go to, towards the Supreme Court, like it's incredibly important to know who's on those courts. But how much do you remember about the 2000 election, Bush versus Gore? I remember some. Okay. I, I was I was I was in my this is a whole nother conversation, but I was in my conscious black cult phase. And so I kind of was unplugged it a little bit from mm, it. Yeah. And let me think. In, in two thousand I was like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. And so I was really not even paying attention then. And so I do I remember certain things about it. Okay. So I I'm gonna take everybody on a history lesson. I'm gonna take you on a history lesson a little bit. So, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I was young as well. But, you know, and I can't say that I knew all of this at the time, but I'm also a student of history. And so, right. you know, I, I, I studied the, some of these things. And so 2000 election came down. Actually, I just wrote about this not too long ago. And it went the night of the election. It went back and forth on whether Florida had been won by Bush or if Florida had been won by Gore. Right. And so ultimately what ended up happening was by the end of the night, they were like, we don't know. And so this one state was waiting to be decided to see who could be the president of the United States. And of course it was Florida. Well, yeah, of course it was Florida. (laughs) What ended up happening was there was an issue over ballots, whether to count them or whether not to count them. Ultimately, this case ended up going all the way to the Supreme Court before the Supreme Court said, stop counting votes, Mm -hmm. like physically stop counting votes 
and declared George Bush, won that state and ultimately declared George Bush to be president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Why is that important right now? Why is that important? There are currently two judges that worked that case with George Bush that are and who on the are Supreme those, Court. And, and, and who are those two judges? They are most say? recently nominated, elected, or, or you know, nominated and confirmed, Brett Kavanaugh mm. and John Roberts, the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. The third person that is about to be on the Supreme Court that has is also who, worked do that you case, say? case is who is Amy Coney Barrett. These judges matter for anybody that remembers that debacle of the 2000 election or look back or read it and understand how crazy it is to say to stop counting votes and we're going to declare the winner of this state to George Bush and ultimately the presidency. That is in the hands of the Supreme Court. And what we see taking place now with all of these mail-in ballot issues, with polling locations being closed, right? You know, the, the governor, I think it was what? The governor of Texas is, you know, are, is in court right now because he's trying to shut down polling locations, right? All of this mm-hmm. stuff is ultimately drop, drop at the end of the, right, and drop boxes for your mail-in ballot. All of these issues at the end of the day, are ultimately going to be decided by the Supreme Court. Not to mention, Donald Trump explicitly said that he needs Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court because they they are going to call the election. Right. And he wants her there because they need nine justices so that he can win. Right. So you got three justices who has a or, you know, three possible two definitely and three possible justices who played a role in having decided an election in this past lifetime will now be put in, in a position. Let's be clear. Like she's going to get confirmed on the Supreme Court. Oh, There's yeah. no question it's about that. It's happening. Right? And so now you are in this position where, you know, the Supreme Court more than likely will be deciding this unless there is an overwhelming victory for Joe Biden. Let us pray. We'll be deciding who this next president is going to be. There's no question about that. And so judges fucking matter. Like judges matter. Everything matters. <laughs> Everything matters. That's true. Everything and, fucking matters. And so that's why I say like we have to pay attention. We have to vote. Like it's imperative to our livelihoods. Like Yes, we can still fight to have our own this, that, and the third, blah, 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 whatever you want to say. But we still live in this country. And we are still subject to the laws that they enact to the body politic. And so it's important that we are engaged in the political process, if for nothing, to protect our bodies. Yep. All right, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and hear about our whack ass of the week. I got a nomination this week. (laughs) You prepared? (laughs) I'm prepared. I did my homework, y'all. We'll be back right after this. Hey, everybody. I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salah's Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call and leave us a voice memo and we'll play that on our next episode of Salah's Corner. That number is 267 267- 
225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic, and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salas Corner. All right, y'all, welcome back. Let's wrap this up with our Whack Ass of the Week nominations. Who should go Ooh. first? Me or you? This was a week, child. This so, was. My Whack Ass of the Week. Wait, first off, who was the who was it last week that were the nominees? Last week was, what's that? What's that clown name? Harlan Z. Hill was my nomination for, you know, basically calling Kamala Harris a bitch. And then Sean Conley, president's physician. And by a slim margin, (laughs) a very slim margin, my nomination won Harlan's. Okay. So uh, very, very slim margin there. I just like to know what uh, what people think, like who they think is. Because they all whack as fuck. They are are whack. But some, (laughs) some just have weeks where they're like competing with each other. This one, that and one was close. That one, was, I thought, I thought mine was going to blow it out of the water, but it was close. I think yours is going to win this week for sure. Probably, probably. I think yours is going to win this week for sure. But my nominee, I don't, and I'm going to stand firm with my nominee. But my nominee this week is Senator Dianne Feinstein. Um, for those of you who don't know who Dianne Feinstein is, she is the chair, the, the ranking member, I should say, of the Judiciary Committee. In the Senate, she was the chair. She was the chair of the committee in the first two years of the Obama administration before Democrats lost the lost the the Senate. So now she's the ranking member. And during at the end of the Supreme Court hearings for Amy Coney Barrett, Coney Barrett, excuse me, she applauded Lindsey Graham of how good of a job he was doing with the hearing and talk about how civil it was and then gave him a hug afterwards. Now, there's so many things wrong with that. Number one, the, all of the Democrats opined for the entire three days on how egregiously fucked up this hearing was for, for, for there to even be a hearing considering we are in the middle of the election, like people are voting right now. There are what, three weeks, like we said, left in the election election term, because this, this, is, this is an election, like, like election month, essentially. And they're putting forward a nominee after they withheld Merrick Garland's nomination for 10 months. Yep. Saying that the people needed to, to, to be a part of the process and that the people deserve to say who gets to nominate the president uh, the nominate the next seat they held that seat up for 10 months but this seat is three weeks away and they found it okay to push forward this nominee and you want to applaud this man on how he's conducting a hearing that shouldn't even be happening like she needs to go sit the fuck down somewhere like she's old as fuck number one She's 87. She's been in her seat for 30 plus years. Like she needs to go sit all the way the fuck down. And this coming from the person who pushed for the torture papers. Yep. Like you push for the torture papers to be, to come to light 
But you want to applaud Lindsey Graham, the biggest hypocrite of the Senate? About the good work that he's doing? Like, I was, I was fucking astounded. Dianne Feinstein needs to sick the fuck down. Alright, so my whack ass this week is... And then definitely, Dianne Feinstein has been problematic for a while. But a while you, now. You, you you said it you said it all for me. Oh, and she um, was one of the senators that got caught up in the the trading of the stock trading at the beginning of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Right, that when right. it hit here, her husband like traded stock or whatever. So Drop she's stock. caught up. Yeah, she she so she's caught up in that shit too. So she's problematic as fuck. My nominee this week is Senator David Perdue. Republican He's my senator. senator. You know that? I did know that. <laughs> I was about to say Republican senator like, from Georgia. Not even like just a Georgia senator, but like he's my senator. Like yep. when I go vote, I either I don't vote for I don't get to vote for Warnock. That's another area of the state, mm-hmm. even though it's literally twenty minutes from me. I get I have to vote for either John Ossoff or Purdue. So he's literally my senator. So. Senator David Perdue was at a was it a Trump rally um, mm-hmm. and in, uh, Trump rally in Macon Trump rally in Macon Georgia yep and decided to start talking about Kamala Harris and <sighs> mind you has worked with her for over a few years three three years in the Senate and started calling her out her name on purpose purposely messing up her name the videos out there I might have to up the uh, re up the video so folks can see it. Um, just to add a little weight to to, to my nomination, um, I'm I'm with it. It's like shit. He 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 These called people her need to be put out there. Kamala Lala, Kamala Lala, some some shit basically that was basically disrespecting her name so he can get laughs from this this crowd. I mean, there's a list of laundry issues on why he's trash, but this week he's my he's my whack ass this week. Just for he's that. also one of the senators that was that traded stock. And I mean, then look, bought, and then bought stock in companies that make PPE. Yeah, trash, trash, all the way around <laughs> trash. All right, those are our our whack ass of the week. You can go to my Instagram page uh, to nominate them, and we'll announce the winner on next week's show. Fair, you want to close us out with anything? Protect black women. Get out here and vote. Black men, listen. We have no problem with being behind you and supporting you, but we need y'all to, to listen when y'all don't have no idea. It's okay. It's really okay. We love y'all, though. That's real facts. Um, definitely take a back seat sometimes. Shut up. Go in the room to learn something and, and don't need to be the, be the head of the conversation, the head of HNIC, as they say. All right, Farrah, thank you, as always, for holding it down as co-host. Make sure y'all email me. Uh, rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Email me at realtalk at salascorner.com. You can email me too, farah.alisa at gmail.com. Follow me on the socials, farah underscore gamo. All right, y'all. And until next time, peace, y'all.